Let's pray. Jesus, we exalt you. We honor you today. We give you the highest praise, just as we sing. And we say, oh God, that as we've gathered in this place, that we do not care, Lord, to be entertained. We do not care, Lord, to have our ears tickled with pretty words. We do not care to hear the wisdom of man, but oh God, we long to see your face and your face alone. We long to meet with you, the living God, for you are all that matters and you are worthy of all of our attention this morning. So we honor you. We lift our gaze to you. We turn our eyes to you, our beautiful king. And we love you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 through 13. You can either turn there in your Bible phones or you can follow along up here. Um, This is the parable of the ten virgins. Okay, so I'm going to read from verse 1. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Amen. So I don't know about you guys, but whenever I read this parable, I get like secondhand stress. Like chills, yes, but also like secondhand stress. As somebody who like likes to be prepared, I get stressed out when I read this sometimes. And I feel the stress of just being unprepared. I know that there are some of you guys who are planners like me. Whenever you go on your trips, I know some of you guys with your Google spreadsheets like to plan your vacation down to the minute. Y'all got some problems, but (laughs) I feel you in some degree. Like when I go on trips, I make sure that I make a very detailed list of everything that I want to pack. And then as I put it in my bag, I check it off and I check it off just because I, I, I don't like, there's nothing that stresses me out more than being unprepared for something. And so when I read this story, I can almost feel like the panic of the foolish virgins who did not prepare the oil. And I feel their stress. And so what we see in this parable is that the oil is actually a symbol of preparedness. It represents being prepared. And so the question is, what exactly were they supposed to be prepared for? And so just to give you a little bit of context, 
Uh, this is a parable that Jesus tells in the middle of his teaching about this, the end of the age. And at the end of the age, Jesus is returning. And in this story, Jesus is the bridegroom upon which we are waiting for. And I know that many of you are, that are familiar with this story, you also know that we, as the people of God, are to be preparing for the return of our bridegroom king. Because Jesus is, in fact, returning. He is coming back. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Because when he comes, he will right all things. He will restore all things. And he will redeem all things. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is is Lord. We say, come, Lord Jesus, come. But not only are we to be re preparing for the return of our King to see him face to face, but we are also to be pre preparing for the days that lay ahead, the times that surround his return, the times that precede his return. In fact, Scripture promises us that not only are we going to see Jesus in all of his glory, and in all of his splendor on that day. But surrounding those times, we are also going to see the world shaking at a degree that we have never encountered before. There will be great shaking, great crisis. There's going to be great devastation. And we, as a people of God, we are to be prepared for that time. But the question is, will we be a people that are ready Will we be a people that when the shaking comes and when the crisis comes, are we going to be a people that stand in that day? So that is the question, and that is what Jesus is asking us to prepare. And so now I want to ask, what, how can we be prepared just as the five virgins were prepared with their extra jars of oil? What does that mean for us? I want to propose to you that the oil that these women prepared and brought along with them is the oil of their intimate knowledge of God. If you look at verse 10, it says, But while the foolish virgins were on their way out to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Jesus says to the foolish virgins who were unprepared that he doesn't know them. And so that implies that the ones that were prepared, that did have the extra jars of oil with them, that Jesus knew. And they knew Jesus. Okay, it's the intimate, relational knowledge of God. And so how, so when these women who were unprepared and they had to go out and buy the oil, what did they have to do? They had to actually purchase it, right? The woman who did have the oil with them, unless they grew up, like, I don't know, on an olive oil farm and their parents had an olive oil business and they got it for free, they probably had to purchase it. And so what does that mean for us? It means that the intimate, deep knowledge of God, it comes at a cost. It will cost you something. And it is something that is purchased. You cannot purchase it from other people. You can't borrow it from other people. You need to purchase it for yourself. That means that it is purchased in the secret place. 
It is purchased in the place when it's just you and the Lord and there's no one else around and no one else to witness and no one else that you can ride on the backs of. But it's between you and the Lord. It's in that place, in that secret place that you purchase the oil where you see the Lord face to face. I'm not talking about a a knowledge about God, a knowledge about the things of God. I'm talking about real intimate knowledge of God, heart-to-heart knowledge, face-to-face, where you are looking at him eye-to-eye, breath-to-breath, where you know his ways, you know his heart. That's the kind of knowledge that we're talking about. And that's the kind of knowledge that's going to prepare us to stand in that day Because we have seen the Lord. We have heard his voice. We know his ways. We have bought the oil. We have purchased it in the secret place of our lives. And nothing can take that away from us. All right. Just get my little notes here. (laughs) So if you look at this parable, what kind of language do you guys see? We see a bridegroom. We see a wedding. I see that it's the language of love. It is the language of intimacy. And it's all leading up at the end of the age when Jesus returns. All of this, all that we're doing here right now in this church, in our lives, all of it, guess what? It is leading up to a wedding. It's leading up to a wedding between the bridegroom and his bride. And so I see, when I read this parable, I see the language of love, the language of intimacy, the language of deep, deep commitment and devotion. And so that is why I believe that the greatest commandment that God has given his people is what? Do you guys know? Yes. Thank you, peace. The greatest commandment that God has given us is to love the Lord your God with what all of your heart all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. It all comes down to that, our love for the Lord. Knowing him, being with him, being loved by him, and loving him in return. That's what it boils down to. That is the greatest ambition of our lives. The greatest ambition of our lives is to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and your soul, your mind and your strength. It's not to go out and evangelize and preach to a million people and save hundreds of souls, which is great. It's not to prophesy a prophetic word that breaks the atmosphere and all of that, which is amazing. But the greatest goal, the greatest ambition, the greatest purpose, and the highest aim that we could have for our lives is to love the Lord, to truly, really deeply love the Lord. Amen? So how can we love the Lord? We have to know him. And how can we know him? We have to spend time with him in this secret place. It means that you have to actually shut the door, go in your room or in your car or in your shower or wherever it is, and it's there in the secret place that you purchase the knowledge in exchange for your time, in exchange for your devotion, in exchange for your affection, your very life, in exchange for your simple attention. You purchase the oil and you receive the intimate knowledge of God. And, you know, there will come a day when 
our love for God will be tested. Jesus promises that at the end of the age, the love of many will grow cold. And the question is, do you have enough history with the Lord in order to stand in that day? Do you, have you purchased the oil in that day? Are you prepared? Do you have the intimate knowledge of God where you know his heart and you know his word? You know what he has spoken to you. You know what he is about. So that when the testing comes and when the trials come, when the great shaking comes, that you know, I have been prepared because I know the Lord and I love the Lord and I am with him and he with me. There will be a day then when what we have purchased in the secret place of our hearts and of our lives will be exposed and laid bare. And I pray that we will be a people that have invested, that we will be a people who have sought the Lord in the secret place of our lives, that when that day comes, we refuse to bow to the comfort of culture, and we refuse to conform to the pattern of this world. We refuse to take the easy way out. We refuse. I pray that we will be a people that will stand upon the word of God, that will stand upon his very word, and, and, and be a champions for his heart and for his kingdom, because we have sowed our hearts in the secret place. We have spent our time with the Lord and we have come to know him truly for who he is. Amen. I want to, I know this was short, but I want to ask the worship team to come up and I want us to prepare to really surrender ourselves before God. And to really prepare to see him today. I, that is my prayer. I pray that we see the Lord Jesus today. Because when we see him, we cannot help but to love him. So as they come up, I want to read for you Second uh, Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. This is the story of the widow um, whose husband has left and she is in debt now. And her husband. Sons are about to be sold into slavery. So 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. It says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to the side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. You know, I, f I just feel that this has been a long pandemic. It's been a long time since we have come back to church and it's so easy for us 
to feel like we have been disconnected, not only from the people of God, but disconnected spiritually. Maybe it has been a long time since you have actually invested and sowed and purchased the oil in the secret place between you and the Lord. Maybe you might be thinking, man, this, this is great, but man, it's been a long time since I've even opened the Bible or it's been a long time since I've even prayed. But you know what I hear the Lord say? I hear the Lord say that wherever you are, if you are here, if you are listening to this message, if you are here in this building, if you are here joining us online, the fact that you are here, I hear the Lord saying, what you have is enough. You may feel like I have nothing. I, just, I feel just like this widow. I have nothing. When the prophet asks, what do you have in your house? Your response may be just like her. I have nothing. But you know what I have? I have a small little jar of oil. Some of you might feel like I have nothing but a small little vial, maybe a few drops of oil, and that is it. But other than that, nothing. You know what I hear God say is that small little jar of oil, that small, those few drops that you have left, that is enough. That is enough for me. If you bring it to me, watch what I can do. If you bring it to me in the secret place, go behind you, close the door behind you, go inside, shut the door and watch what I can do with those few drops of oil. It is enough for God. It is enough for God to multiply, to increase, to expand, so that your lamp will have enough fuel to burn at the end of the age. It is enough for God. So I want you now, as the worship team leads, I want you guys to close your eyes. And I want us to have an honest moment before the Lord. And when you go to the Lord, in authenticity, in humility, in pure dependence upon him. You go to the Lord and you give him, God, this, this is all that I have. I have nothing but just a few drops of oil. I have nothing but just a tiny, itty-bitty little speck of desire. I cannot even confidently fully say that I really want to know you. But I know deep down inside there is a tiny tiny whisper that God I want to know you I want to love you I want to be prepared on that day and I want real deep deep intimacy with you God I don't have much but oh God the little that I have it is real it is so real the little that I have oh God it is real, and it may be weak, it may be small, it may look like nothing, but God, I'm coming to you in faith, knowing that the little that I have is enough for you to cause the oil of intimacy to overflow in my life. Oh God, I come humbly before you with the little that I have and I ask, oh Lord, would you fill my life to overflow? I want you to have a moment between you and the Lord right now in authenticity. Be real before the Lord and present to him the little that you may feel you have.
you to stand to your feet as we worship.
such a timely word all week it's like and I know I know I shared this with some people but I really believe that in this season the Lord is challenging us to go deeper and that secret place that she talks about that's where it's at you know about a week and a half ago and I shared with some people I said the Lord challenged me through a dream. This is usually how he speaks to me. And, you know, we were digging this well. And for some reason, we just kept going deeper and deeper. And we're digging this well. And as we get to, like, the bottom, 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 I look down, and there's just huge amount of fruit. But this was a thing. It was like fruit that you normally, you know, wouldn't see growing deep down. Like there's watermelons, and usually watermelons grow like a vine. You know, they grow on top of the soil. But this was like deep in there. And what I just hear the Lord saying to us is, if you would just take that step of faith and remain in the deep place, in the secret place with him, you're going to find unexpected fruit. You're going to see unexpected fruit in your life but you got to take that step and as you begin to go deeper in him in the word through worship in everything that you do see there is life when we seek him his word in Amos says seek me that you may live he is where our life source is how many of y'all believe that this morning how many of y'all need that life source right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to dig deep. We just want to be where you are, Lord. So as your children, we stand before you, God, and we surrender our hearts. We fix our gaze on you. We fix our hearts on you. Father, we want to know you in that secret place where you saturate us with your oil, where you saturate us with your presence. Where your very essence envelops us all. So as we sing this one more time, I want you to sing it with conviction in your heart. I want you to sing it like you mean it. Sing, I just want to be where you are. I just want to be where you are. Oh, yeah.
Lord. Yes, Lord. Teach us to abide, oh Lord. Teach us to abide, to remain. Even when things get hard, even when the storms blow, teach us, oh God, to stand, to remain in the deep where you forge us, where you refine us, and we come out strong, and we come out pure, holy, purified before you, God. May we be a people that stand in the deep with you, Lord. We just want to know you, and we want to become before you. We want to come before you on that great day and see your delight in your eyes and welcome us in and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. We want to please your heart, God. We don't do this for show. We don't do this for man. We don't do this for anybody but you, God, because you are all that matters. Your kingdom is all that matters, God. We bless you. We thank you, Lord. And we honor you. We just want more of you. And we know that you would reward your children who seek after you diligently with all their hearts, with all their minds, with all their souls, with everything that is within us. We surrender it. We surrender it. Father, I thank you that you can take what is in our hand and you can multiply it. So whatever, how big or little your faith is today, just bring it before the Lord. That's all he wants. Bring it before him and let him do the work. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. That's all you have to do. You don't have to strive for it. So God, we bring our mustard seeds before you. And we stand in that faith, knowing God, that you know all things. You have all things, and through you all things are made. We know that you have a hope and a future for your children, and we trust in that. No matter what our outside situation looks like, no matter what our situation looks like in our finances, in our relationships, in our jobs, in our homes, in our health, we trust you to do what is best for us. So, Father, we say again, your will be done. Your will be done. We love you, Lord. We love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.